Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very excited to talk about canning sweet potatoes. I know tis the season, right? We've got all of these amazing root crops in plethora in in our stores right now as we approach the holidays. So I thought this would be a great segment to discuss some of the uh, yummy recipes we can create with our sweet potatoes once we home can them, and then give you some tips on how to get those beautiful, gorgeous, and delicious sweet potatoes in a jar. Okay, so basically, it's quite simple when you're shopping. You need to utilize the scales at the grocery store. Because we aren't really focusing on how many cups cubed or or cut, we're going to focus strictly on the poundage. And it's the pounds that are going to help us understand our yield. So what I mean by that is when you're at the store shopping and you're bagging up your sweet potatoes, weigh them. Because every two and a half pounds is going to yield almost one quart jar of cubed sweet potatoes. So if you would like to say, um, you know, produce maybe seven quarts worth, because that's typically what our canners will, um, you know, provide in quarts. Let's then say you're going to need 17 and a half pounds of sweet potatoes while you're shopping. Um, I always err on the side of a little bit more. So instead of doing the exact math, maybe do 18 pounds because as you're cleaning and preparing your sweet potatoes, if you're cutting off blemishes or if you happen to cut off an end, you know, a little bit larger, uh, one potato over another, your yield might get off just slightly. So that's why we talk a bit of approximates, but you're going to be safe between 17 and a half and 18 and a half pounds of sweet potatoes to get seven quarts or 14 pints of home canned sweet potatoes in a jar. Okay, now because the sweet potato is dense, very much like pumpkin or squash or any other standard potato, um, we don't want to be mashing that up and putting it into a jar Uh, that will get even denser because we need to make sure that that heat during pressure canning processes through every molecule within that sweet potato. So until we come out with a a way to do a mashed version safely, it's best to um, cube or uh, quarter chop up, however you want to do it, um, your sweet potatoes and put that into a jar raw packed. Okay. Now, Let's talk about, before you get to cutting, let's talk about preparing. You want to make sure you're scrubbing those sweet potatoes. I prefer my sweet potatoes peeled. I don't like um, the peel. My daughter loves it. She loves, we, we actually keep quite a bit of sweet potatoes in dry storage because we love having a baked sweet potato with our dinners. 
And God bless her. She just loves the whole thing. She eats the skin and all. And it's healthy for you, right? The skins are very healthy. So I encourage that. Me personally, um, I don't like the skin of the sweet potato. So when I know that I'm going to be putting these in a jar so I can either make a sweet potato pie or a side dish with these, um, I remove all of the skins. I don't remove the skin from a safety aspect. There's some misnomers out there that if you preserve your potatoes with skins on, you're going to grow botulism in a jar. Okay, that couldn't be further from the truth. And because we are talking um, sweet potatoes today, botulism, I have an entire podcast dedicated towards understanding what botulism truly is, what the poisoning is, how to prevent it how it's not a byproduct of home canning, and so on. That is in an entirely separate podcast. I highly encourage you to listen in. That one is called Understanding Botulism When Home Canning, where I really break it down. But for today's segment, I am telling you to go ahead and peel those sweet potatoes, especially if you're going to be using them later as a side dish to maybe mash up, um, or you want to make a pie, which again, you're going to mash those up. They're going to mash a lot easier with the skins off. Okay. Now, as far as taking care of the, um, canning process, some people would prefer to blanch their potatoes in order to have the skin just kind of slip right off. Um, I just use a peeler. So do what is easiest for you. And I guess what it comes down to is how many and how much, you know, you're going to be canning. So whether you're dicing them or cubing them in one, two inches, three inches, just make sure that everything is as close to the same size as possible. I mean, it doesn't have to be measured literally with a ruler. Uh, You can eyeball this, but you just don't want to have some huge five inch chunk stuck into the jar with a bunch of other one inch cubes. You know what I mean? You got to just keep it uniform as most of us do in the kitchen. Um, I like my chunks to be, uh, you know, about two, two and a half inches because I really, I play like a game of Tetris almost. And I pack them into the jar raw before adding any boiling water, because I really want to get as much into that jar as possible because I plan to use them. So When you're doing this, um, you can do the same. Go ahead and pack them in there. You can quarter them. You can cube them. And then what you're going to do is have a stock pot of fresh boiling water um, sitting on your stovetop. Okay, bring it to a boil. Um, It doesn't have to be a full rolling boil for long. You can turn that down so it's still active. Um, And while you're raw packing those jars... Um, you just go ahead and here's my advice. You want to keep the jar temperate. Now the sweet potato might be cold. It might be temperate. What I advise you to do is I take a cookie sheet, just a metal cookie sheet. And as I'm raw packing the potatoes into the jars, I set those glass jars filled with potatoes onto the cookie sheet. I then take a heat-proof, usually glass, a tempered glass measuring cup. I'll take a a scoop of that water that's on the stovetop, and I will add that to the cookie sheet. 
glass will permeate the heat. It'll actually take the heat from, it's because it's a conductor, right? It'll take that heat from that hot water that's resting in your metal cookie sheet. And actually now we are, we are helping the glass jars to absorb some of that temperature as well. Okay. Reason we're doing this is we're going to be pouring boiling water on top of those sweet potatoes and we don't want to shock the glass. I often give this analogy and I call it the coffee pot, the glass coffee pot analogy. We would never pour the last hot cup of coffee from that glass coffee pot and then race over to the sink and put ice cold water in it. We know better, right? Well, we want to treat our jars that same way. So shocking them with vast temperature swings is a no-no because it's glass and we know that glass can be fragile. Now, Canning mason jars are made to withstand some high temperatures. We know this, right? Because we pressure can with them. But we don't want to cause stress fractures by going from extremely hot or extremely cold to extremely hot and vice versa. Okay? So one of two things you can do. You can use my cookie sheet method. Okay? Or if you if that's too complicating or you don't have enough countertop space... Keep your jars maybe in your dishwasher, nice and hot, okay, because you just gave them a quick rinse. Or if you have your sink full of hot water, leave your jars sitting in that hot water. They don't have to be sterilized. You just don't want cold glass. And then pack them one at a time. And then worry about putting the hot boiling water into each individual jar. Okay, so let's go to that step now. Once you have all of your freshly cubed sweet potatoes evenly dispersed amongst all the temperate or warm jars. You're going to then ladle hot boiling water over the sweet potatoes, leaving a one inch headspace. Now be mindful when you were packing them that you didn't go above one inch. It's very important that we give everything some space, but the beauty with root crops is they're not really going to swell up or shrink down much more than the size they already are. Uh, They're just not built that way. So it's kind of nice. What you see is what you get raw in every jar. Uh, So we're not going to lose some yield, but please keep a one inch headspace. You're going to cover all the potatoes with hot boiling water, leaving one inch headspace. And then if you do happen to see any air bubbles in there, remove them with that air bubble remover tool. Because I tight mine, uh, pack mine pretty tight, what I sometimes will do is lightly tamp the jar on the cutting board by just kind of tapping it, you know, just to kind of shake out some of those bubbles. It will help me disperse them from the base up to the top so that they are gone versus me disrupting all of that hard work of getting them packed in there tightly. Sometimes that measuring tool uh, that removes the air bubbles can be uh, a pain in the butt because you just spent all that time getting everything packed in there. Now you're disrupting it all with that tool. So you can definitely tamp it. I usually will tamp it on my wood um, cutting board or plastic. I wouldn't advise glass or metal. But you just give it a, you know, two, three good smacks and uh, you'll see those air bubbles dissipate. Now what you want to do is wipe wipe those jar rims with a washcloth 
dipped in vinegar. Vinegar is a natural bacteria killer, and you're going to also remove any residue that might prevent that lid from sealing. And you're going to pressure can these uh, 65 minutes for pints and 90 minutes for quarts. Now, if you're like me, I'm in the Midwest here. I have no elevation. So I'm going to process these at 10 pounds of pressure if I'm using a weighted gauge canner. Um, if you're using a dial gauge, you do 11 pounds of pressure. But like I tell everybody, especially if that dial gauge is your go-to, it is for me because I love my Presto 23-quart pressure canner. Um you cannot keep it exactly at 10 or 11. So if you hover between 11 PSI and 13 PSI, you're fine. What's going to cause a problem is if your PSI is swaying all over the place like a willow branch in a breeze, um, you're going to have a lot of siphoning issues. So try to get it to hone in maybe 11 or 12 PSI and get it to kind of stay there. And if it has to move, that's fine. Just make sure you're not adjusting it abruptly because you don't want it bouncing back and forth high and low, or you're going to lose a lot of that liquid in every jar. And then you're going to be bummed out because your sweet potatoes are going to start to discolor due to oxidization. The beauty with home canning is you know exactly everything you put in that jar. And what did we put in it? potatoes, sweet potatoes, and water. So you aren't having to worry about a bunch of chemicals or preservatives. Um, you are literally getting the, the benefits and the beauty of that sweet potato. So now you can drain them and use them to make various dishes. So today we're going to talk about my mom's uh, sweet potato pie recipe. It is a family fall favorite in our household. And um, a traditional pie is typically going to require like two cups of mashed sweet potato, uh, which is approximately one quart of your home canned sweet potatoes. So just know that if you chose to preserve this in pints, you're going to need um, two pints to yield one quart. All right. So let me run down the ingredients. Grab your pen and paper. Let's get started. You're going to start with one third cup of butter, three quarters cup of light brown sugar, two eggs lightly beaten, three quarter cups of evaporated milk, two cups of mashed sweet potatoes, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, a half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg, a quarter teaspoon of ground allspice, and a quarter teaspoon of salt. Okay, now many of us, if we have our own family dough recipe, you may use that, or store-bought is fine. There's no right or wrong way here. So use the dough that works best for your time, and your schedule, you know, um, your, your budget, um, I have my mom's dough recipe that's been passed down and it is absolutely amazing. I share that with you in my book, Canning Full Circle. But for today, I just want you to feel comfortable making that base and using whatever pie dough crust you feel comfortable. Okay, so you're going to preheat the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit and you're going to place the pie dough in a nine inch baking dish. Now, if you're using store-bought dough, lightly brush that dough with some melted butter 
um, and then bake that crust for no more than 10 minutes because your your goal is to set that dough. If you happen to have the weights, uh, place those in there. Uh, you can use parchment paper if you so choose. So that way your center doesn't puff up. And uh, if you don't have that, um, just when you bring it out, let it settle for just a moment. So that way you're not having this big uh, puff pastry in the center of your pie. Okay, so once you remove that pie crust from the oven, reduce the oven temperature to 350 degrees. Drain one quart or two pints of home canned sweet potatoes in a colander in the sink and let them drain for just a few minutes. You want to make sure you're removing any excess moisture before you mash them, okay? Now, in a mixing bowl, blend together the butter and the sugar using a handheld electric mixer until it forms into a creamed consistency. Now, be sure to use a rubber spatula to pull the sugar and butter off the wall of the bowl and back into the center. Remove the sweet potatoes from the colander and place them in a large measuring bowl and mash them with a hand masher. Be sure to measure and make sure you yield two cups of mashed sweet potatoes. If you happen to be a little short, um, please, by all means, open another jar and then drain them and um, add to it. So that way you can yield two cups mashed. All right, now go back to your bowl of butter and sugar. And now I want you to add the beaten eggs and blend it again. Using that rubber spatula, pull any mixture from the sides of the bowl so that way it goes back to the center. Add the evaporated milk. Now add your mashed drained sweet potatoes, your vanilla, and the spices. And blend well using that same technique, making sure all of the ingredients are off the side of that bowl and in the center so they can be well blended. Pour this mixture into the pie crust, being sure to smooth out the top with the spatula. Bake for about one hour or until a knife inserted in the center of the pie comes out clean. Cool completely on a wire rack before serving. And voila! There is your sweet potato pie made from your home canned goods. I tell you what, there is nothing more exciting than having family or company around you and you are coming to the table with this pie in your hands and you get to proudly say you made this pie with your home canned goods. Okay, last but not least, let's talk about my yummy creamed sweet potato and sage recipe. Now, this is something that I threw together one year because I had some sweet potatoes still in my pantry. Um, I had canned them up and they were about two years old. And so I wanted to find a yummy way to um, create a side dish that, I don't know, it was a little bit different. You know, I love the family traditions. I love all of the dishes that we make. And I look forward to them, actually. But sometimes I like to change it up a bit. Sometimes I want to add something new or even give something old a new spin. So creamed sweet potatoes and sage, the recipe I'm about to give you will provide eight four-ounce servings, and it is actually, it's a lot of fun. And if you're not a fan of sage, um, no worries. You can season it according to your taste. So you get to have a lot of fun with this one. But for today's segment, we're going to talk about how I used my dehydrated sage. Yes, I dehydrate my herbs. Um, how I use that in this recipe. 
Okay, so get your pad and pen and let's jot down these ingredients. You're going to start with two quarts of pressure canned sweet potatoes. Yes, three tablespoons of softened butter, two tablespoons of dehydrated sage, three quarters cup of evaporated milk, and some sea salt and black pepper to taste. See how easy this is? Alrighty, preheat that oven to 375 degrees Fahrenheit. Drain those home canned sweet potatoes in a colander in the sink. Once they're, eh, give them about 10 minutes to drain. Once they're drained, then remove them from the colander and place them in a large mixing bowl. You'll then add the butter, the evaporated milk, and the dehydrated sage to the potatoes. Add a dash or two of salt and pepper. Using a handheld electric mixer, blend the ingredients until it forms a creamy consistency. And again, you're going to use that rubber spatula to pull the food off of the sidewall of that bowl to make sure that you're getting every last morsel blended together. Once everything's blended, increase the speed to whip. And I want you to whip this for one minute. Transfer the mixture to a two-quart casserole dish. And then if you happen to have some extra um, sage leaves, I like to crush a few of the large ones and leave some of the smaller ones whole. And I place that on top of the, um, the mixture. And then I place it into the oven and I cover and bake it for 40 minutes. It is very, very delicious. That creaminess and that touch of sage really offset some of your sweeter side dishes beautifully. And it works well if you're serving turkey or a Cornish game hem. And I actually even like it alongside a, um, a spiral ham, which tends to lean on the sweeter side. This is a really nice way to balance the sweetness at the table. All right, all of you, I have went through three recipes that all stem around sweet potatoes. If I've missed something or you want to know more or you want me to explore a recipe of your own and see how we can get that in a jar, please reach out to me at diane at canningdiva.com or message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to help you find fun, creative ways to get sweet sweet potatoes, not peas, <laughs> sweet potatoes in a jar. And then let's have some fun finding more ways to use them. Tune in next time. I'm excited to bring to you more delicious recipes, canning techniques, and of course, look for the podcast, Understanding Botulism When Home Canning. That one is going to really be an eye-opener and help relieve some of the fears that you may have picked up along the way from other canners who just, they just don't have the info straight. I'm Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Have a wonderful day and happy canning. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com. 